we have to understand that it's the Word of God's going to make us smarter than the devil. All right, we're going to have to look beyond the flesh and look into the Word of God. We've got to be full of the Word, or the devil will use tactics against us, and we won't understand what, what, what's going wrong. The Bible also says in Psalm 119, 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Sometimes Christians go through their Christian walk in the dark. They go through hoping that maybe they'll find out what to do, hoping that maybe they'll bump into the right place. But the problem is they're walking in the dark because they don't take the Word of God. When we take the Word of God, we can see where we're supposed to go. We can get to the place that God has for us. I heard about this guy named Harry. He was a TV repairman. He was called to fix a TV that had, didn't have sound, didn't have picture. So he's left alone in the room, and he saw the cause immediately. The TV wasn't plugged in. So he faced a dilemma. Part of him said he shouldn't charge a woman for just plugging her TV. But the other side insisted to him that he needed to be paid for his time. Finally, he presented it with a minimum charge service bill, which read, Restored Isolated Connecting Cable to Primary Power Source, $25. Here's the fact. Without the Word of God, you're going to be paying for stuff that you don't need to be paying for. What happens is you'll be paying for things that Jesus has already paid for. He's already done it, but you don't know that until you get in the Word. So we must have the Word of God. I want you to look with me first of all this morning to the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. The Gospel of Mark chapter 4. I want us to see some things from this Gospel today. Mark chapter 4. You know, we've got to have God's Word. We've got to have it. And that's the problem that many people have is they have religion or they have a Christian religion, but they don't have the Word of God. Mark chapter 4, and these are very familiar verses that I'm going to read to you. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading here in verse 1. The Bible says, and he, talking about Jesus, began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and he said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Now in verse 14 he says, the sower soweth the word. Now as we enter the springtime of the year, many people start planting. Have you ever planted anything? I'm sure you have. Everybody's planted something. I remember even in elementary school, we'd plant seeds in little cups and, and, and we'd watch them grow so we could see how the seed worked and all that stuff. And it's pretty fascinating to watch the seed produce. You know, it, it, it fights its way through the ground and you, know, you begin to look at it and that little piece of ground breaks open. The seed, the little plant begins to come up and before long gets leaves and all that stuff. And I think that's, that's pretty fascinating. In fact, plants are pretty, pretty tough little things. I mean, you can look at the cracks in the sidewalk and if there's a seed in there, the plant will find a way to grow. I mean, it's looking for a way to get out of there. And so it's, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, in fact, I read, it's been a long time ago that I read this, that they, they, when they were when they were going through some archaeological digs in Egypt, in one of the pyramids, they found, in one of those pyramids, they found uh, um, grains of wheat in seed form. And so they took those grains and they planted some of them. They planted them in the soil. And sure enough, after thousands of years of lying dormant in the pyramid, those seeds produced crop. So the seed will produce it ha there's life in the seed, even though it's been a long, long time ago that the seed was, was created. The seed will produce. Now imagine if you're waiting for a crop and you've never sown a seed. Imagine a farmer. I mean, how crazy would it be for the farmer to go out and prepare the ground and plow it and get his irrigation system all in place and do all the stuff you're supposed to do to the ground? How silly would it be if he didn't sow any seed? How foolish would a farmer be if he didn't have seed in the ground? Well, you know, I sowed some seed last year. 
Well, it doesn't matter. You got to sow seed this year. Seed must be sown. Or if he said, you know, I, I, I just, I just think that that, that sowing seed is is a uh, uh, for 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 farmers of the fifties. It's not relevant for today. I don't have to sow seed anymore. Or oh, I don't believe in sowing. I'm just going to trust God without sowing a seed to give me a crop. Or well, you know, I would I would sow some seed, but I can't afford it. Well, that's foolish. Why would you be a farmer if you thought all those things? We think a farmer that says something like that is absolutely crazy. I've got a friend, and my kids know him. He's a farmer up in near Stratford, or was. And he used, to, he used to plant wheat, and he did some sweet corn and stuff like that. And one day, he and I were in Guatemala, and we were riding on a bus. And we were a van. It was in a van. We were riding, and we saw, these, we saw these, this corn growing on the side of a hill. And it was kind of cool, and he was all into it. I'm just, to me, it's just a bunch of plants you know but he's looking at it and he's 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 telling me the difference between the corn that he grows and this corn and then he looked at me and he said pastor i just want you to know something in farming the most important thing is the seed he said you can scrimp on a lot of things but you cannot scrimp on the seed because the quality of the seed that you sow determines the quality of the crop that you reap he said, then you've got to do things to the soil. But he said, the first commandment in farming is the seed. He said, never plant discounted seed. Always buy the best seed you can buy so you can get the best crop. Now, I thought that was interesting when, it, when he said that to me. And that's the thing that stood out in the conversation to me was him telling me about the seed. Obviously, as a farmer, he knew about that. And then, as I've grown in the Lord, one thing that I know, and I know a couple of things, but one thing for sure that I know is that you can never reap any kind of a crop without sowing a seed. That's true in relationships. That's true in our finances. That's true in everything that we have. Until we've sown a seed, we cannot expect to reap a crop. Okay, I mean, you know, when, when a couple is dating, until that guy has sown the seed of taking her to the movie or to dinner or whatever... He can't expect to get a good night kiss. He's not going to reap until he has sown something. First time I took Tammy out on a, on a date and I, I paid for her dinner. And, and uh, man, I, it was a wonderful evening. I walked her to her porch and I'm getting ready. I'm thinking, all right, I'm getting ready to reap the harvest. And I'm going to get that good night kiss. I'll never forget. She stuck out her hand, shook my hand and said to me, I just want to thank the Lord for the wonderful time we've had tonight. Well, of course, I'm thinking, thank the Lord. It was my money that bought the dinner. It was my gas. But I realized right then, if I'm going to reap that kind of crop, I'm going to have to have better seed. And so I had to sow a better seed, and it took a long time to get that good night kiss. Obviously, it worked out for me. But I know this, that if you don't sow a seed, you can never reap a crop. I believe in the seed. The Bible said when God took Moses or Noah out of the ark, one of the first things he said to him, he said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. He said, as long as you are on the earth, there is a time to sow the seed and a time to harvest the seed. In other words, you cannot harvest the seed until you've sown it. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. The problem that many Christians have is that we want to reap a crop without ever sowing a seed. We want some kind of something to come to us without ever sowing a seed. Sometimes we think, well, if I go to church, that's enough. You're not going to reap a quality crop just by attending church. 
It takes sowing a seed of substance to reap a crop of substance. We must sow. Everything begins with a seed. When we sow a seed, God now has something to work with. If I've never sown seed, I can't reap a harvest because I believe in the seed. We must have it. So the title of the message is pretty simple. It's The Seed Is. We've looked at lots of is topics so far. We talked about life is, love is, hearing is, resurrection is, praise is, worship is, believing is. And all of these are very basic messages, maybe not as basic as today's message, but we've got to take these types of messages and put them into our spirits. In fact, last week when I was preaching in Florida, I preached that message, hearing is. And, and they, while it was a very basic message, they hadn't heard it in a long time. And I mean, the Lord just moved on those people because of some of the basic principles when you think about what you hear. So today I'm going to talk about the seed, very basic, very simple, but we've got to get it in our spirit. It's something we have to know. First point, and obviously we can see from here that the seed is the word. The seed is the word. Here in verse 3, the Bible says, that Jesus said, listen, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Now, just pretend you haven't ever been in church before. If somebody says a sower sows, what does a sower sow? Seed. Okay, if you say somebody is a sower and they're sowing, they're sowing seed. Okay, so then when we go down to verse 14, and Jesus said, the sower sows the word. Obviously, when he's saying the sower sows the word, the word is seed. Okay, because a sower sows seed, and so if, the, if he's sowing the word, then he's sowing the seed that comes from the word. Okay, the conclusion that we draw here is that when Jesus tells us the sower is sowing the word, that the seed is the word. Has to be. The seed is the word. Now, here's what I want you to see, and this is, I love this part. Nothing from God can happen in your life until you sow the seed. Everything from God begins with the Word. You cannot reap a single thing from God until you've sown the Word into your heart. The Bible says in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word. The Word is the beginning of everything you need, everything you want, everything you've been called to. The Bible is the beginning. In fact, you were born again. When someone sowed the seed of God's word into your heart, because the Bible says we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Okay, we know that we've been born again. Your deliverance comes as you begin with the word. Prosperity comes as you begin with the word. Healing comes to begin with the word. It's not enough to believe in healing. It's not enough to say, I believe that healing is for today. It's enough to have the word about healing for today. Amen? It's not enough to say. It's not to say, you know what? I believe God wants to prosper me. You've got to find what does the Bible say and have faith. See, faith is not faith unless it's exercised in the Word. Okay, I can't, I, just because Doug gets blessed, because he sows a seed to this TV minister, doesn't mean I'm going to get blessed unless I have the Word on it. Okay, I... What God does for him is great, and it helps increase my faith, but real faith comes from the Word. Okay, so everything must begin with the Word. If I need deliverance in some area of my life, I must find the Word about it. Okay, the Word. Everything begins with the Word. We must have the Word. It's not enough just to believe toward biblical principle. I must have the Bible. Whatever you want from God begins with your sowing the seed of His Word into your life. Okay, we must take the word, sow it. I'm believing God for 
X, would you better find a verse that has X in it? As Tammy says to me often, you need to show me the chapter and verse. We've got to know what does the Bible say. I can believe it if I know God said it. Okay, the crop's success then is determined by the soil, obviously. In the parable we see that. But even if you have great fertile soil, you still can't harvest a crop until you have the seed in it. That's why there are a lot of good Christians out there. They love the Lord. They're trying to serve the Lord in their churches, and yet they don't receive a manifestation of the promise of God because they don't have any word in them. They go to church, hear a preacher preach on a Sunday morning, and they think that's enough word to get them over in their lives. How foolish would you be if the only time you ate material food or physical food was on Sunday at noon? You'd be darn hungry by the next Sunday at noon. In fact, you'd be malnourished and emaciated. We must become people who take the word consistently so that we can have what the Bible says. As I say, many Christians want the blessing of God, but we don't want to ingest the word. That's why many of us, we want to be healthy and in good shape, but we want to eat ice cream all the time. It doesn't work. We've got to do the right things. All right, The sowing of the seed then is absolutely essential to produce the crop. And this is what i got to tell you. It's up to you to sow the seed into your heart. You're not going to have the seed. I would love to scatter the seed into you enough that you could hear it and, and have the fruit of it. But that can only happen if I can talk to you every day, every day, every day, every night, every day, every day. Because as we meditate in the Word day and night, that's when it produces in us. So it's, you've got to hear the Word, you've got to hear it preach, you've got to obey the Word by coming to church, but you're going to have to do it for yourself. You cannot wait for somebody else to sow the seed into your heart. You've got to sow the seed. You must sow it for yourself. Many people are wishing for their circumstances to change, or they want somebody else to help them, but the truth is we must sow the seed. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'll show you something interesting here. And we've, we've used a couple of verses here uh, a lot lately about the choice of life and death. But I want you to see something else in this chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm going to begin reading in verse 11 here. It's up to you to sow the seed. It's up to you to put the seed of God's Word in your heart. Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to begin reading in verse 11 here. And look what, look what, Joshua, what Moses is saying. For this commandment which I command thee this day. Now, what he's talking about, he's continuing a thought from Deuteronomy 28. Talking about if you, if you do the word, if you follow the word, then you'll have blessing. If you depart from the word, you'll have cursing. That's what he's going with here. He's saying, for this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who will go up first to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it? Now look what he's saying. He's saying the word that you've got to do, the word that's been spoken to you is not hidden from you. It's not a secret from you. In fact, it's been very evidently preached to you. It's the word that's to you. He said it, you're not going to have to go to heaven say, Who can go to heaven and get it and bring it to us? In other words, I need somebody, I need to see an angel. Or I need, I need to have a visitation from Jesus so that I can believe what's being spoken. He's saying you don't have to have somebody else come to you. Or it's not across the sea that you have to send a ship or somebody out there to bring you the promise of God. Look what he says, I love this. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. 
See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. And then down in verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Now, notice something here. The choice of life or death is dependent upon whether or not you sow the seed of the word in your heart. That's what he's saying here. He's saying the word is near you. It's not away from you. It's not hidden from you. It's right there, and you can have it. Now, look, how, how can you have it? He says you can have it because it's in your mouth and in your heart. It's in your mouth and in your heart. You know how you're going to sow the seed into your, into your heart? You're going to speak it with your mouth. When you hear it and speak it and hear it and speak it, it gets in your heart, and it produces the crop it's supposed to produce. What happens is many times we speak what we see with our eyes. Hear with our ears. We speak, what is, we speak the circumstance around us rather than the Word of God. I heard, I, I think it was Brother Hagen, it might have been Norval Hayes, a long time ago they said this. I heard them in a sermon, they said, they said, my people are saying what they have rather than having what they say. Many times what happens to us, because the Word is not, because we're not allowing the Word to be sown into us, we're saying the circumstance. And when we say the circumstance, we simply perpetuate the circumstance. As opposed to saying the Word and changing what happens with our words. I think that's pretty powerful. He said what we've got to do here, the secret to making the seed grow and the ability to see it be made manifest is putting it in our mouth and in our heart. When the word's in our mouth, when the word's in our heart, now we'll be able to do it. And in that process, the seed of the incorruptible, incorruptible seed of the word of God in my heart and my mouth makes it grow and manifest in my life. Wow, I like that. Everything happens because of the seed. And let me tell you, that may take more than 15 minutes. It may take more than one day. But you must do it. To ignore the word, to ignore doing it daily, all the time, is to choose death. To, to, to abstain from voting is to choose death. That verse is quoted over in Romans 10, 8, when it says, But what saith it? Talking about this verse. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and thy heart. Now, this is what Paul says. That is the word of faith which we preach. When the word is in my mouth... And in my heart, it becomes faith's word. The word of faith, if you say word of faith, you can, it's, it's, it's equivalent to say faith's word. Because of is a possessive pronoun. The word of faith. Faith's word is when it is in my heart and my mouth. When I'm meditating in it day and night. See, the word that is in my mouth and in my heart is faith's word. Okay, this is how faith works in my life. My faith produces the Word, but the Word produces my faith. As I speak it, as I believe it. See, remember, everything begins with the Word. If you want to lose weight, you begin with the Word. If you want to increase finances, begin with the Word. If, if, if you need to break any kind of habit, get out of any kind of sin, you need to begin with the Word. Now, it sounds silly for you to be saying stuff that don't, doesn't seem to come to pass. You've got to begin to speak it even though you can't see it yet or don't feel it yet. You know, 
when, when, when I come to places where fear begins to grip me, I have to begin to say, I am not afraid. Because you said, fear not, you are with me. I begin to speak it even though all of my feelings tell me just the opposite thing. When I come across somebody that I am believing for forgiveness and I have forgiven them by faith and the feelings come back to me, I have to say, no, no, the word said I have forgiven them. Because the disciples said increase our faith when we're talking about forgiveness. The word, see, if, if I need help in, in relationships, I begin with the word. I begin to find the word on my subject and I begin to meditate in that day and night. So the first thing the word is, the seed is, the seed is the word. Secondly, look, look back in Mark chapter 4 again. I'll show you something else from that chapter. Mark chapter 4, we'll look in verse 26 this time. Look what Jesus says here about the seed. It says, And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear. After that the full corn in the ear. And he's not actually talking about the corn. He's talking about wheat here actually. When, but when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Now the second thing we know about the seed is the seed is the way the kingdom of God works. The seed is the way the kingdom works. The kingdom of God is as if a man cast seed into the ground. The word cast means to scatter. Let me just throw this out. You know this is going to be true. You must scatter the seed everywhere. It's not enough to take one little seed and plant it. If you plant wheat, you know that you're not going to receive a crop of wheat by planting one stalk of wheat because it must cross-pollinate. The same is true with corn. If you've ever, when I was little, we planted a corn, a seed of corn. We grew a corn stalk, but we never got any corn. I couldn't understand it. Well, it's because it couldn't cross-pollinate with the other corn. You must sow lots of seed. Scatter the seed. He's talking about somebody who just, one of the definitions for that, for that word is, is, is to, is to uh, cast it without any restraint, to throw it out there in abundance. We must sow the seed in abundance. We've got to take the word, not just one verse, a bunch of the word so it can cross-pollinate and produce the word. Listen, the Bible here says you don't even have to know how it works. You just have to know that it works. I don't know how it works either. I don't know how if you put a seed in the ground that it does all the stuff it does. I don't know how it works, but I know it works. I don't know how electricity works, but I know it works. When I flip the switch on, in fact, if it doesn't work, when, it, when I turn the switch, it bothers me. Okay, I don't, care how, I don't care how it works. I just want it to work. The same is true with the Word. You, you can't continually sow the seed and then every day go back and dig it up to see if it's doing anything. Because you'll never produce a crop that way. You must sow the seed. Now, I love what it says here. The earth brings forth fruit of herself. The little phrase, of herself, this is interesting. The Greek word is automatos. Automatos. We get the word automatic from it. The word, the word automatos means spontaneous, acting without the instigation or intervention of another. The earth producing plants of itself. In other words, when you plant a seed into the ground, the earth automatically knows what to do with it. It's automatic. When you plant the seed of God's word into your heart, your heart automatically knows what to do with that seed. 
You don't have to fight over it. After you, if you get it sown in there and covered and begin to water that seed, it's automatically going to grow. The earth automatically goes to work making the seed grow. If you put anything in the ground, the earth will try to make it grow. Stick a stick in the ground and you, and you pull it up several days later and you're going to find that stick is rotted at the bottom because the earth's trying to make it grow. That's why fence posts, when they're in the ground, they, they rot over years because the earth is doing everything they can to make the fence post grow. That's what the earth does. It makes it grow. It does everything to make it grow. When you plant the word of the kingdom in your heart, your heart will automatically make it grow. That word, that word automatos is used another time in the scriptures, and I think it's the only other time it's used, when Peter was being delivered by the angel of the Lord out of, out of prison. And they come out, and the Bible says the door automatically opened in front of them. The fact is, when the word is planted in your heart, circumstances around you will automatically work according to that word because the word is sown. It produces, it has to. When you sow the kingdom into your heart, you sow the kingdom into your spirit man, your spirit man goes to work immediately looking for that to produce it. Your spirit man, when you sow the word into you, understands that the only place to get that is in the spirit of God. And your spirit man, your spirit never sleeps. And night and day, your spirit is looking for the answer in the kingdom of God, looking for the answer in the spirit of God. And that spirit man finds it, and eventually it automatically happens to you. And you look back and you go, wow, that's cool. I, I didn't even realize that was going on all this time. It automatically happens. Understand something. The kingdom of God is the realm of God's domain. It's the kingdom of God's rule. The devil cannot exercise power in God's domain. When I'm allowing the seed of the word, the seed of the kingdom to grow in me, the devil has no more power here. He can't rule there. Sickness, sin, poverty, fear, the curse are eliminated in that place. Listen to these verses. This is from Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven. Now in Matthew, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven instead of the kingdom of God. He, because Matthew is writing the gospel to the Jews and they don't use the word God. They use the word heaven instead of God. It's actually the same thing. He said the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. He said in verse 31 of Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. He went on to say it was the smallest seed, but it grows to be the biggest plant. When you take the word of God, take the kingdom of God, you sow it into your heart, it seems like a very small thing, but it becomes a major thing in your life. The kingdom of God begins to, 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 to exercise authority. The whole kingdom of God operates the principle, off the principle of the seed. Until it's sown, it will not produce. You've got to sow it in your heart in order to have the things of the kingdom. So the seed is the word. The seed is the way the kingdom operates. And you know this. The seed is money. Look over in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I love these verses I'm getting ready to read to you. And you've heard them before. I'm going to begin reading in verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I believe in the seed. I believe until you've sown a seed, you will never reap a crop. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. What do you sow? The seed 
What seed is it talking about specifically here? You can look at the context of these verses. It's talking about money. Verse 7, Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able, able to make all grace abound towards you. He's able to, but it's sowing the seed that allows him to. That ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched or being made rich in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. All right, he, here, he's, here he's talking about sowing the seed. Verse 6 says that your money is seed. You sow the seed. It says here that God loves a person who sows the seed cheerfully. Now that's an interesting thing. To sow your seed cheerfully. By the way, I didn't bring the, didn't, don't have a basket here. I'll have it after the service for our tithes and our offerings. But God loves it when you give it cheerfully. The Amplified says it this way, for God loves. He takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful joyous prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving god isn't going to do without happy givers verse verse 8 tells us that when we give money that god makes all other grace abound to us all grace abounds to us when we sow our seed of our finances. When we give the money, God makes it abound. Verse 9 is a description here. I love this verse. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. I used to think, I used to think that was referring to God. It's not. It's quoted from Psalm 112, and it's referring to the man that fears the Lord and keeps His commandments. When you fear the Lord and you keep His commandments, you're going to, you're always, you're going to be, you're going to be dispersing abroad. You're going to give to the poor. You're going, your righteousness remains. And now He that ministers that seed to you, because you're that righteous man, is going to, is going to give you, give you, give, give you bread and multiply the seed and increase the fruits of your righteousness. That's what the Bible says. The passage shows the behavior of the seed. When I fear the Lord, I will give my money because I honor Him. I revere him. I give it to him because I honor the fact that he is my God. All right? And so I sow the seed. And then as I do that, the seed produces itself in abundance. If you sow money, you reap money. That's just the way the Bible teaches it. We understand the only way to prosper financially in God's way is to sow money into his kingdom. We know the tithe is the Lord. As we give it, it allows the Lord to rebuke the devourer. From what we have, in addition to that, it opens the windows of heaven on our behalf. The seed of our money is the channel through which God can bless us financially. It's the seed that brings the crop. Luke 6, 38, you know this verse. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, you might not receive the crop all in one day. But you've got to continue to sow the seed. Continue to sow the seed so you can keep receiving from the promise. I remember my, my farmer friend up there in Stratford, he would, he would plant corn so that he could sell it. But what he did was instead of planting all of his corn at once and reaping all the, profit, the, 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 the harvest at one time, he would plant a couple of rows at a time a week or so apart so that people would come and buy corn for several weeks in a row that have corn that he just freshly harvested. He didn't sow it all at once. He, he sowed it as he needed to so he could reap accordingly. If we'll continue to sow, we'll keep reaping. But continue to that farmers know that if they'll just sow, they'll reap. That your money is the seed that represents your life. You work all day 
40 hours a week or ever how long it is so that you can get what? Money. I'm guessing that if I ask you why you work, most people aren't going to say, in fact, studies prove this, most people aren't going to say because I love what I do. Most people will not say I'd work there for free because I promise you if they quit paying you, you probably wouldn't be doing it. So what you do is you give your life in exchange for the money. When you tithe and you give your offerings, you are giving your life in those offerings. When we tithe, when we give to God, we say a couple of things. Number one, it says to God, I owe you my life. You are my God. I owe it to you. It says, not only do I owe my life to you, I'm thankful to you for what you've done, for what you're doing, that you provide my material needs. It also says, I trust God. Not just, not just for the past, but I believe you for the future to continue to do that. I trust you, Father, so I'm willing to give to you. So, the seed, we know, is the word. The seed is the way the kingdom operates. The seed is money. And finally, the seed is you. Your life is the seed. Let me read you this verse from John chapter 12. In fact, let's turn to it. John chapter 12, verse 24. The seed is you. Your life is a seed. John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground. See, there it's saying corn, and so it means it's wheat. A corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his own his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Now he's talking about not, not talking about hating yourself. He's talking about to the degree in which you love God, that would mean you hate yourself. You have to love who you are and who God made you to be. But we love, compared to how much we love God, it, it's nothing. Let me read that to you in the Amplified. He says, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more, but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. Anyone who loves his life loses it, but anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. Whoever has no love for, no concern for, no regard for his life here on the earth, but despises it and preserves his life despise it preserves his life forever and ever your life is a seed the only way to live a happy christian life is to give your life away to sow yourself even if it looks like nobody cares even if it seems like no one is noticing you give your life as a seed give your life to god allow god to own all of you not most of you all of you allow him to own all your possessions let him have all that you are see the goal in life is to finish our course and you'll only finish God's course, God's way. You have to die to yourself in order to live to God. When you get to heaven, you want to make sure that you're not just a single seed, but that you, are, you have a whole crop of seed going with you. It's not just about here. It's about working with God. So there's power in the seed. We understand there is power. It may be small as a mustard seed, but if you sow it, it can become great. As long as you hold on to it, the seed is useless. Same is true in, every, in everything we've talked about here. The seed is useless if I'm holding on to it. But when I release it, then it can produce something. As long as I keep it to myself, I delay my own destiny. So why are people afraid to sow the seed? Why? Why are we afraid to sow the seed of the Word into our lives? Why are we afraid to sow our money? Why are we afraid to give our lives away? Well, first of all, the devil wants to steal the seed, so he tempts us to be in fear. He wants us to be afraid that it will not work. He wants us to be afraid that if I give the seed that I'll have to do without. If I give myself away, I might not get to watch 
I don't know, whatever's on TV. If I give the money, I might lose it. We're, we're afraid that if we stand on the promise, it may not come to pass. Another reason we're afraid to sow the seeds is because we're lazy and we're selfish. But we've got to come beyond that. Remember, everything begins with a seed. In our lives, everything begins with the Word. When you sow massive amounts of the Word of God into your heart, it becomes easier to, to sow the seed. If I med- I'm telling you what, if I meditate several weeks in a row about the tithe, it's going to be easy to give the tithe. If I meditate several days in a row about loving people and forgiving them, it's going to be easy to sow the seed of love when I find somebody that I didn't like before. As we meditate in the Word, as we sow massive amounts of it into our hearts, it now becomes easier to do. The seed is the most powerful thing you possess. It's in the Congo, poor people who don't have anything to give when the church offering is taken dip their hand into the plate to symbolize that they give themselves. Well, in Deuteronomy, we read that life and death are our choices. But that is made our choice as we sow the seed of God into our lives. We choose life for our finances. We choose life for our families. We choose life for our futures because we're willing to sow the seed. Sow the seed. I heard a story about Mother Teresa visited Australia one time. And there was a new recruit to the Franciscan Order there in Australia. And he was assigned to be her guide and her gopher during the day. Man, the guy was thrilled. He was excited at being so close to Mother Teresa all these days. He dreamed of how much he would learn from her and what they would talk about. Man, he just thought about it all the time. But during her visit, he became frustrated because even though he was near her all the time, he never had the opportunity to say anything to her because there there were always other people for her to meet. She was always visiting with somebody, always talking to somebody else. Finally, the tour was over, and she was due to fly to her next destination. In desperation, this friar finally spoke up. He said, Mother Teresa, if I pay my own fare, can I sit next to you in the plane so I can talk to you and learn from you? Mother Teresa looked at him. She said, you have enough money to pay your airfare? He said, oh, yes. Then she said, then here's what I want you to do. Give that money to the poor. She said, you'll learn more from that than anything I can ever tell you. It's in the giving. Remember Jesus had that rich young ruler? And he said, what do I lack? He said, give your money. Give yourself away. When you give, you get the kingdom. That's all that guy wanted was the kingdom. Jesus said, if you'll give, you'll get the kingdom. Our life is a seed. The seed is the word. The seed is the way the kingdom operates. It's your money. It's you as you give yourself away. 